So what shall we look at this morning? So, well, there's a word that dropped in during the week due to some circumstances, and the word was um, entitlement. And I've been looking at that word. Uh, it's kind of, it's been a fun thing to look at too. Um, and it's like um, it seems to be uh, equal to another name for ego. I mean, definitely. And um, and it what I saw was that you know there's we've been talk you talk we talk about it on a big level you know that. Um, all kinds of ways, you know. Like it's, it seems like it can be very big, you know. Um, but I was looking at how little sneaky it can be, uh-huh. and that's what's been fun. Um, you know, like you remember in screw tape letters, the the, the what did they call him? The patient's um, mother, who had to have. You know, no, no trouble. Nobody, she didn't want anybody to go to any trouble, but she had to have her toast and tea exactly, you know, perfect way. And if she didn't, it would really be terrible. But on that kind of really sneaky level, mm-hmm. it, it's, it seemed like, um, you know, another way, I guess we say it's all about me. Uh huh. You know, yes. and, and, um, so the way I was looking at it, though, was it, what makes it interesting to me is that to watch for it in any little way uh, is a real good clue to know that guess who's here? Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's a there's an exploration that arrived from this offering to look at this word entitlement, mm-hmm. and as you're looking at it, there's the awareness that the word is very much pointing to ego. Mm -hmm. It is ego. Mm -hmm. And that your exploration is looking at the tiny ways in which entitlement or egocentricity operates. Mm -hmm. Right? And that sneaky way in which uh, a sense of entitlement is to have things... I think you said, it's all about me. Yeah. And so the process that's interesting to you, though, is being able to um, watch that sense of entitlement as a way to know who's here. Yes, because it can only uh, be there when when it's there. I mean, uh-huh. you know, life doesn't have anything to do with entitlement. Yeah, yeah. So when it's, it, it would be, uh, oh, you know, there's, it's like, be, it'd be like ego say against name kind of, you know, uh-huh. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah, know, we could uh-huh. look at it on that le- level, uh-huh. and uh, it, it was it was uh, saw something else around that. Um, oh, how how is, we can be going along? It seems now I don't know, but I can be going along uh, fairly conscious, and then maybe maybe that's kind of there's a transition or something, and then it, it's like it goes to uh, neutral. And in that space, so being from conscious, fairly conscious, whatever, to neutral, is when it can, ego can uh, just come, it's almost like a rice, it's like a sneeze, you know, there Uh it is, Mm -hmm. and um, 
But when, when I'm paying attention, it can knock me conscious. Uh-huh. Yes. And then I'm back. So but then there's the, the dealing with which, uh, you know, was the, the big practice part is to not um, let it come back and say, oh, look what you did or, or, uh-huh. or you were feeling entitled or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think what you're pointing to, right, Phil, is the process of, of attention on awareness. Mm-hmm. And so if we say attention on awareness is consciousness, there's a way in which we can practice we, we can notice if the attention is if the awareness is expanded or the awareness is collapsed or whether the attention is not on awareness mm-hmm. so as as you're going about your day you've trained yourself to constantly pay attention to know where the attention is is the attention on awareness or is not is it on that that process and what you're noticing is that it's possible for attention to be on awareness, and in certain circumstances like transitions, for ego to get in there without our, with us, without us being aware of it, and then we come into awareness somehow and notice that the attention was hijacked. Yeah. And the way we don't allow ego to come back into that place is not to go into feel bad. To not indulge a conversation exactly. that says, oh, you were being entitled. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then the reverse is also true. That when I, when attention has been hijacked, something causes me to be here. Mm-hmm. And then that, there, here I am, aware, attention on awareness, and the awareness expands again. And it's just that oscillation. Yes, and uh, uh, just the nuances of it. Because and the nuances of that, it. Yeah. That little space of neutral can be big trouble. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and there might not be a little space. You know, sometimes we could spend a life that way, but... If we're practicing, hopefully these spaces get smaller, mm-hmm. and um, that's when it can. It seems like it can get in with different yeah. things. And and it's really important to pay that level of attention uh, in order to be able to know know the nuance, know how it does that, right? Mm-hmm. But really, what we're saying is, as we pay attention, the awareness is nuanced. Right. At some, at, at sometimes yeah. when we begin practice, the the what we're looking at is at this level, and then the closer and closer attention we pay, the the finer and finer the noticing is. Mm-hmm. And so that gap between that transition time is for you an interesting place of watching and paying closer attention because it's a place of hijack. Yeah, and and the hijack. Could be good. I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, it's like, thank you, life. We woke me up. You uh-huh. know? So, in a sense, I know we're using ego against itself. You know, when we yeah. do that, but it's a really good place. In, a, in that, not to, that it happened, but to um, be able. And this is what practice has given us. I think, given me, to be able to wake up at that juncture rather than. Um, go off down a road of yeah, self-hate or something. Yes, yes. That there's such gratitude to notice when I'm back and being in that gratitude of being back in awareness mm-hmm. is to is expanding the awareness. Yeah, and it's, it's moving in a direction towards freedom yeah, it, rather than yes, conditioning. Even if I was knocked back by a piece of conditioning. 
Ah, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. 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 Even if it's not back by a piece of condition. Say more about that. Well, that's what I, what I was saying all the time. It, it, if it was the, uh, the, during that place of unconsciousness where conditioning came in and woke me up, basically. Uh huh. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that the, the wake up can be life or conditioning, yes. and regardless, there's just gratitude for being. And awake. that's the gift of practice. Because, and that's the gift of practice. Uh huh. Yeah. It seemed one, one of the many gifts, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's like, if we didn't have that, we couldn't wake up. If we didn't have that awareness, we couldn't wake up at that point. It would take us down a trail, you yeah. know, of, of um, feeling bad, feeling bad, yeah, yeah, or blaming, or I'm not getting anywhere, or whatever yeah, it is. Just, that, oh, all that way of just getting ground yeah. into it. So anyhow, I'll keep, I keep uh, looking. I'll keep looking at um, um, what I say. Entitlement. Entitlement. <laughs> because, because it's just been fun to, to say, oh, that's, oh, that was very sneaky, but that was kind of a, yeah. an entitlement. Yeah. You know? it, 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 another, another way of, of looking at it, I think you're pointing to, is just that it's a koan, right? So mm-hmm. we, so we have so many ways to practice, and when interesting ways to practice, which reveal things to us, drop in. Mm-hmm. It's so helpful to go with it. Yeah, it's another way to wake up. It's another way to wake up. Yeah, we yeah. notice it. So, anyhow, thanks. Mary <laughs> Jane. Oh, uh, I was just remembering when I talked about last time, and now, I mean, vaguely, I was like, oh, that was so powerful. It was around my project and trying to figure it out, but then it was more about showing up for myself. And I, I was trying to remember because I thought, shoot, I think I need to practice with the help of us. Uh-huh. Um. So if I, if I think what, what it was is that uh, the concern about uh, persuading people yeah, from your yeah, point yeah. of view yeah. and feeling misunderstood yeah, as yeah, a consequence yeah. of not having been able to do that and the recognition that I could take care of being understood here mm. and therefore I have then have the freedom to present my Thank project. You. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Thank you. Um, which may tie into my, the one of the assignments in the email class is just like rattling in my head. Uh-huh. The one, of, I, I can't remember if it was six or seven, but around how you act in social situations. And I think I'm kind of a two, and it was saying that we try and control the conversations. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I facilitate a lot of groups. So I'm in a role where I can control the conversation or try to. And I had a situation the other day where the conversation went in a direction I was really unhappy with and I reacted to. And anyway, I've just been sitting with like, you know, when you just, you think you're conscious, you know, I mean, this email class is like, who am I? Like, I am just a bunch of Enneagram acting out behaviors, like, who is this person? Uh-huh. Like, like, Which is good, right? Because I think that's what awareness practice is about. It's like, you think you're somebody, but you're not. No. In fact, that well, is no, I thought was. that thing was me, but it turns out maybe that's uh, acting out, be- you know, it's a coping behavior or... Uh-huh, so let's, let's break that down. Okay. So I think it's class five where there was, so what, the, 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 the class was about what happens to you when you communicate under stress, mm-hmm. right? And some of the examples of 
what styles of communication are stressful, and the one you identified with was controlling. Yes, the controlling so style. Yeah. The controlling style, which tries to make sure that the conversation goes in a particular way. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so... It's just that it's just a place of confusion. Would that be the word, or just not? I mean, it's just a place of like shock. Shock. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would project what you're what you what you're watching is. I don't know this, but let's Mm -hmm. explore it, right? That that's not how you would identify your way of. How you walk? No, so, no. So <laughs> that you're facilitating this, uh, this yeah. whatever it is, yeah. and so that facilitation is not, from some perspective, not controlling. It's just facilitation. Well, and it's like the incident that really brought it to life is someone in the this our our guest for the evening was using language that I felt was patronizing and kind of racist mm-hmm. and so I'm controlling for good right so, mm-hmm. so, so it was like I was trying to correct or address this the language and it was like I couldn't tolerate you know it was it was my reputation in a way it's like I couldn't tolerate being associated that it might people might think I'm like that or like what am I putting out to the world I was trying to get what, why am I, what's going on that yeah. is yeah. driving mm-hmm. me to do that. Which is so interesting, right? Because there seem to be two different processes there. Mm-hmm. One is, if what this whole email class is, is if we're present, mm-hmm. we can receive communication without translating, without making it personal in some way. Mm, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. then, so here it is, there's a, a possible description of a communication style that you go, oh, maybe that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And instead of being able to be present to, really, is that what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. There's the turning to, to oh. the conversation saying, okay, well, controlling is bad. Oh, because you're yeah. you're trying to manipulate. So the, the interpretation of by, the, by ego of that label is that's wrong. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be, you're controlling for good, right? <laughs> Whatever it is that, that's what you want to be present to in, in a way of, there's a reaction here. Yeah, shock. yeah, yeah. And so let me explore that rather than, and explore it in presence rather than let conditioning have some perspective on it that makes me feel bad. Mm, yeah. Right? So that's just that's just interesting to see. Yeah, because I think I feel really badly. Yeah. And, and like it's undermining my intention. That's right. You know? like yeah. my, but if I see it, like you said, it's just, oh, let me be present. Let me just be curious rather than I have to change myself to not be like this. That's exactly yeah. right. And that's a good process to watch. Mm-hmm. Because that's why we pay attention. So when you're next in the facilitation scenario, you yeah. can look to see what's going on. Yeah, you can yeah. be really present. Rather mm-hmm. than feel bad and suffer and mm-hmm. think that there's something wrong yeah, with yeah. you. Because some voice in your head tells you that that's not the right way to be. That that's what you are, first of all. Yeah, yeah. And then that's not the right way to be. Well, and the, what I'm learning through practice is 
sometimes just being this, doing the same thing, but or seeing it, holding it in compassion, yeah, it makes it very different. You're holding it in compassion, awareness, rather than just doing the behavior. Like I, I don't know. So, yeah. Sometimes like. Maybe I'm doing some of the same things, but hold it in a compassionate right. presence. Right. Well, well, exactly. I think that's a very beautiful way of saying it. Looking through the eyes of love yeah. strips the self-hate away from what it is that you're present to and allows you allows life to inform you very, very kindly. Yeah. Rather than listening to a voice in the head that is only interested in mm-hmm. making you wrong and feeling you bad, making you feel bad. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's just interesting to note, to see that here's the love, care, goodness in the heart that is doing this thing, mm-hmm. and that gets negated, and somebody believes it. Right? Because it's always going to go after what you love to do, your highest intention, yeah. and make it something mm-hmm. that you've yeah, got yeah. to do differently or you feel bad about. Well, like even in our interaction, I'm seeing it right now because sometimes I'll interrupt people to basically kind of unconsciously say I'm a good person, uh-huh. you know, and like I can tell even in this, it's like, oh, I'm getting what you're saying, uh-huh. so now I'm a good person again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm just aware well, of that. That's, that's <laughs> also very, very, I mean, it's one of the biggest things we say about training to be mm. a facilitator is to know your own karma. Mm-hmm. To know how ego operates through you because you can watch it take over on the cushion. And so to be, to have such a level of expanded awareness to see it attempt to be the facilitator or to hijack the facilitator, but to be able to be here completely available for what life wants to say and knowing that this is attempting to hijack it. Right? To, to, to be in exactly that position of, here I am paying attention to the information that is being given to me with the expanded awareness, watching ego do its thing, which is, I really need you to know mm-hmm. that I'm a good person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way I need you to know that is, I need you to, I need to communicate that I've gotten what you want, what yeah. you're telling me. Right? <laughs> which is such a very anti-type too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that neediness of, uh, I'll, I'm going to be doing this for you in order to get something for me, which is to make me feel good. Wait, say that again? So, so that's the sort of manipulation of the enyotype, right? Yeah. That, that somehow or the other, there is no belief in my inherent goodness. Mm. Okay. And so I am constantly trying to do things for you, for you to approve of me, to feel validated that I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Which comes back to also what I said about my project. Anyway. Yes, it is. It's, it's, you can plug that. Yeah. You can plug how you're being controlled by the survival mechanism that's underlying, keeping that underlying pl- thing in place, which is you're not good already. Yeah. Right? So that whole notion about somebody is, whoever it is, is making unfortunate and unskillful comments mm-hmm. and the desire to assert that somehow or the other, that's not right. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if anyone else thinks that I'm associated to that, yeah. then I'm not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. But if there's such security in this is goodness, goodness is already established, 
then there, is, there isn't a need uh, to assert. Yeah. There's no need to control the communication because you're not controlling for making sure everybody understands that this person is a good person. Mm. Right? And none of it is judgmental or critical, as you say, if you hold it in compassion and realize, that's not me. Yeah. This is goodness already established. The thing that I'm being identified, the thing yeah. that I'm identifying with that makes me a bad person yeah. that oh, keeps in yeah, place yeah. that I'm bad and not good mm-hmm. is what's doing all of this. Yes. So just coming back to trusting and knowing kind of my inherent goodness. And yes, and practicing it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if we, we can't... We, because it's not that uh, what? a lie can never become the truth. Mm. When the lie drops, the truth is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right? So that whole thing about uh, I have to trust that I am good is mm-hmm. still a movement away from Wait, goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying, yeah. Right? So I drop whatever it is that's telling. I this recording. Well, it is available. Whatever it is, I just need to drop it and come back here. Okay. Right? Yeah, I get Yeah, Even the analysis of it in some way is taking me just, yeah, it is. Well, we do want it. We do want to bring it into awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Because here I am having this thing. This process is bringing clarity to, and I would project yeah. is moving you from attention on ego mm-hmm. to presence. And in presence, lots of information is available that yeah. can assist me. First of all, by not looking at it from a judgmental perspective, which is from an ego perspective, I'm here. I'm just exploring this. I'm here to watch what's going on and how I'm operating and what I might want to do differently or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a little in confusion now, but I think that's okay. Uh-huh. Say more about confusion. I think I'm just, like, it's so strong, the ego identity, that it's hard for me to, like, I'm hearing what you're saying, and now there's that part of, there's a part of my brain that's trying to process everything being said and understanding it, and I think I'm just feeling like maybe I just need to hear it and not process or something? Well, I would point to, that's very good, because that is looking at conditioning, not looking through conditioning. Mm -hmm. So you're in this, we've Mm -hmm. been looking at this in the radio show, what's the process you're in right now? Right? And the process you're in is you're able to describe it only because you're watching it. That's true. Right? It it got easy. I mean, it gets clearer the more I describe it. That's exactly That's right, because you're taking it from here and putting it out here. You're watching the process, right? Not not reporting through the process. Yeah. So it's the difference between saying as I'm I'm watching confusion versus I am confused. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking at that process of, okay, well, there's a scramble going on here, Mm -hmm. and that is a familiar process. It is ego attempting to understand something, figure it out, store Mm -hmm. it, make a rule about it, make sure that I... I change myself in order yeah. to do what yeah, I yeah, get yeah. from this conversation, <laughs> right? And so I just watch that. 
It's the same yeah. as being on the cushion and facilitating and watching this one come in to say, okay, well, I need to convince everyone that I'm really good. So I'm going to interrupt and reinforce in order to assist that person to know that I'm really a good person. Yeah. It's a version of entitlement, right? <laughs> But that put it in the confusion zone, but all <laughs> Yes. Uh, Ego right. couldn't quite take that one in yet. But, uh, yeah, exactly. But that doesn't mean you haven't. Thank you. Boy, that I could follow a little bit. Uh, I'm looking at a very similar kind of, uh, maybe similar, uh, sort of situation. Um, kind of the what process am I in and dropping stuff to allow what's here, here. Uh So I was reading, I'm back to reading Marcus Aurelius and uh, one of the things that was, he said was um, nature is indifferent. If nature had preferences, it would only make those things. Hmm. And I just went, oh my and it was such clear it was such clarity in that moment of this isn't preferred over anything else mm-hmm. we're like all equal here <laughs> yeah. we're all equally uh, I want to say cherished but but it's but it's from that indifferent place and that sounds really like holy indifference yeah yeah that holy indifference that's great so, um, so I was driving around yesterday practicing, um, ceasing to cherish opinions because what I was noticing was the minute ego came up with the judgment about somebody's car, how they were driving it, who they are because they either pulled in front of me or, you know, whatever, but just seeing how, and I think Sherry's been using this in the email class, knee jerk. Yes. That reaction is to just start to categorize and preference and put into um, comparison. Yes. Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. But but ego wants to categorize absolutely everything. Yeah. Yeah. So to notice, to, so to one be given uh, that. That life lesson, right? Life doesn't have any preferences. All of nature is equal. And to get from that that this isn't preferred, that this isn't less if we're listening to ego or more if we're also listening to ego than anything else. Right. And that to get, that's why I think that we, we, we talk so much about everything is the Buddha. Mm-hmm. That every, mm-hmm. everybody has the same essence of life animating it. Right. And animating them or animating. And so... Well, everything. Everything. So if we're all the same, then we're all equal and yet such, such so exquisitely different. Yes. Right? Which is yes. the other part of the world. Yes. It doesn't make just only the things that it prefers. Right. There are thousands of, <laughs> right. you know, Googleplex to Googleplex to Googleplex. <laughs> yeah. Of variations of existence because yeah. all of existence is is all of existence. Right. And so right. we have to practice that, right? To yeah. watch. Yeah. Watch the process by which the yeah. world of opposites comes yeah. into being. Yeah. Right? With that knee-jerk 
evaluation of, and you can we can tell that it's based on. Um, you know, the, we do this exercise often, right? There's a white wall, and then you draw the line. It's the line that divides the white wall, and suddenly yeah. it becomes two sides on right. either side of the line. Right. But it's the line that caused the, the, the <laughs> yeah. thing to get split, not the fact that it is split. And that is really what we watch, that a mm. preference, a yeah. belief, yeah. an orientation, a point of view is simply that process of opposition Defining. coming into yeah. existence. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, on that last conversation, what I saw for myself was that being drawn out to categorize things as opposed to staying with the experience here, which is neutral. Yes. yes. I mean, it can be. It yes. can be if I don't get drawn out into... Because everything becomes accept- uh, acceptable. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. would it would it work if you if we said that what you were pointing at is if attention remained here, then what is is right. When attention right. when when it's drawn out, yeah. it's what makes it something that it isn't. It, it adds something to it. Right, right. Right. That's a great way to say it. It colors it. It colors it. It. Through this. Exactly. Because the drawing out isn't necessarily to the car next to me. It's to the conversation about the car next to me. And the opinion about it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so to hold, to have custody of the attention allows us to be with what is. Right. Because I would project that life, that intelligence does register difference. But right. it doesn't yes. compare. But it doesn't compare. Yeah, yeah. It's that what you know what uh, what the sutras offer of discriminative discernment. It yeah. is that place of being able to go. Well, that's a yellow flower and that's a red flower. But that's it. That's all you're noticing is yes. that kind of um, physical difference. And so on the heels of that, I then heard something else that kind of adds the. Um, I want to say like the warm fuzzy feeling to it because nature being indifferent can sound a little cold in some instances. Mm-hmm. Um, is that love is simply a process of getting to know? Mm-hmm. Yes, love and that's it. it. And and I think it just blew me away because I, I was because I've been you know I've been talking about this. Everybody knows I've been talking about this for a while in group and everything. What is love? What is love? And love feels so much like action or so much like things or so much like doing. And this all of a sudden, love becomes the process of getting to know because getting to know doesn't mean that there's ever an end point. Mm-hmm. And that was just so clear to me in that moment of getting to know. And, and it was someone, but I just stopped it at getting to know because it could be getting to know, you know, a meditation cushion. It could be getting to know, you know, Anything. It could be just, it could be getting to know this. Right. And that was just so, like, this is an unfolding that's just. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, love, love is a mode of knowledge. I not say more. That's, what, <laughs> that's, what, that's how the Huxley. It's also the Vedanta, ah, right? Ah, ah, that that okay. knowledge and bhakti are two sides of the same thing. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. But that the. That Devotion. Yeah, devotion is paying attention to loving yes. something. Yes. And you can only yes. know 
what you love, and you cannot love what you don't don't know. know. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. And so that yes, it does. It does take it out of the realm of abstract to the realm of the real. That indifference doesn't mean a lack of attention. It's a lack of preference. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I just almost moved to tears in that sense of... Okay, I actually moved to tears. Um, That the love is in the knowing. It's not the knowing, it's not the knowledge, it's not the... Yeah, it's it's static. Yes, yes. Facts and figures and teachings and all of that kind of stuff. It's really yeah. quite dynamic and yeah. evolving. Evolving. Yeah. And and there's a way in which it's very specific. It's what we talk about right. when we say don't make um when you're making a recording around what you're grateful for, don't make a list. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Talk about do you need one please? Okay. Talk about it in various in 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 the what you love about it that you're grateful for. Describe it fully. Yeah. Right now I'm in the experience of knowing something, and that is what makes it alive for me. Well, and I'll just add to that really briefly. The cat going through this process of where she is right now. Boy, getting to know. Mm. This whole thing, if I just, it's... Yeah, and I would project, given that we know where the cat, what the workshop around the cat is currently, that, mm-hmm. that we get to experience love as knowing, as a process that is not necessarily the, the blissful bells and whistles, no. the sunset romance <laughs> kind of love, that <laughs> it's, it's idealized. Right? That's the static part. That's the, to well, me. That's right. The, the, the way it is supposed to be, it's in the dynamic of knowing yes. and yes. learning and uh, being willing to be present to and accept. Not that it's you versus me, but us together working that. Well, yes, and I, I guess where I went to when you said bells, whistles, you know, sunsets on the beach, that to me is that, that's that picture of what it looks like that it says, this is love. Yeah. But it's, I just got it. It's, yeah. It's a, Thank you. It's a loving negotiation. <sighs> yeah. Well, that just allowed me to see something in a different way of, um, well, it's trying to get away, but... Um, in getting to know, looking at what love is, and experiencing that, wow, it's really... It's not coming back. Okay. It was really good. We'll <laughs> <laughs> come back. I know it will come back. Okay, I'll be back. Okay. So earlier you said something about um, rather than I am confused, I'm noticing confusion, I think is something what you said. And, um, what came up for me was my relationship to being overwhelmed. Uh-huh. 
and how often and how frequently I use that expression. Um, I am overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I've been noticing it in the last few weeks, and when somebody asks a question that normally I would, that would be my response, I'm pausing for a minute. I don't necessarily have a replacement expression, but I just have the pause of, I don't want to say that right now. Uh, I might say something like, I'm feeling very full, uh-huh. or I'm experimenting with different things because I'm feeling like I get very identified with that mm-hmm. position, and then I don't have a way out of it. Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes I notice that it's even true about good things, like just and I, and I think I've talked about that experience of feeling like it's really challenging to take in all the good things, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that there's even a sense of relief when something difficult or really challenging or upsetting comes in because I feel like, you know, I start to just feel really good and positive and connected and capable. And that's, that experience in and of itself starts to feel really, there's something about that that starts to get sort of frantic around the mm-hmm. edges and, um, and like getting bad news or having a challenge or something not going my way drops me back down and I feel almost a sense of relief, like, okay, um, now I feel more capable or now I feel more adequate to my life, I guess. Mm-hmm. So much in that, um, shall we unpack it a little bit? Sure. So the first, the first thing you said was interesting, right? Because... Um, I know we've worked on process mapping before, and you, 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 we never put on a sticky, I'm overwhelmed. We all, always say, what is that? What are the voices saying to you in that, that you want to put down instead of, I'm overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Because overwhelmed is a label. Mm-hmm. It's something that I refer to conditioned mind about some experience that's going on for me, and there's an automatic association with what that means, right? And so the pause, when you look, what you're looking at in the pause is what is really my experience? The interrupt is, I don't want to go to conditioned mind and associate this set of sensations and thoughts as overwhelm. Instead of looking to conditioned mind, I'm going to look to my experience and try to articulate what my experience is. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of awareness that's operating there so that we're not actually just reporting from conditioning what conditioning's perspective of the moment is. I'm going to take a moment and look at what really is here. And when we do that, it's not overwhelmed. There might be a tremendous amount of energy. There might be a lot of thoughts. There might be a lot of a whole... Whatever it is I pay attention to. But overwhelm is an abstraction in conditioned mind. Mm-hmm. And so the practice of really coming here when someone asks me a question and looking here rather than looking here to describe what's going on for me. That's very helpful because it's what happens all the time. Someone asks you a question you go, I don't know. And the Zen teacher will say, I asked you a question because you do know. You, you can look to your experience and always have an answer. You look to this, and you don't know because you're not here for the answer. Mm-hmm. Right? 
And so just, it's such a beautiful practice to to recognize that I am watching this process that gets labeled this way. And I have the experience of knowing that if I go with that process, I'm going to get identified. And I can't get out of that identification. So my practice is choosing not to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here, look what's going on for me, and come back from here. What's going on? Mm-hmm. So that's the first piece. That, 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 that's just a, a wonderful practice. And then the second piece I heard you say was the, um, that the overwhelm happens when there's, uh, I, it doesn't have to be good or bad. It could be both. And there's an interesting process by which when you're feeling good, when you're feeling connected, that itself is sort of like, uh, a, a threshold that, uh, that something bad has to happen in order to reduce that to a manageable level of awareness. So here's just something, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's sort of like just um, like a balloon filling with air and filling with air and filling with air, and there comes a point where it's like, oh my God, it's hot already. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the pressure. Yeah. And so the, the thing that we've, we've talked about a lot is conditioning is an energy management system. So here you are, present and filled with life and joy and all of that aliveness, and that all of that energy can, so we call it expanding the container of awareness. Mm. That what we're used to living is a very limited energy box that is defined by conditioning, right? So you reach a particular limit, and then something happens that allows the, the energy to go to conditioned mind. And to become that small self again. And so when we notice that we, we are reaching our threshold of, of our awareness container, we, we expand it more. Mm-hmm. And expand it more so that it doesn't feel like the system is trying to collapse into the limitation of the ego. So if I was going to put like a visual to that, would it would what you're saying also fit into this idea that um, there's an analogy that's come up for me in the last few weeks or a, a phrase that I remember hearing a lot as a kid, which is don't get too big for your britches. That was a southern expression yes. that I heard all the time. And um, as an adult, I'm trying, I'm noticing it that the, 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 the language comes up and then the feeling that is associated yeah. with the language yeah. and then thinking about, you know, finding a new way to to look at that, which would be, or just get bigger riches. Just get bigger riches. <laughs> yes. Well, because there's so much if you look at that association, right? So uh, whatever the beliefs are that have been dealt down. So mm-hmm. you, you can't you, you can't be arrogant. You can't be too happy because wait for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. You know, can't be conceited. You can't all of that, right? So don't get too big for your riches. Because it's going to be leading to downfall, and that has constructed this acceptable place mm-hmm. which you can occupy that you can't grow beyond. Yeah. And so if we look at it from an awareness practice perspective, what we're doing is basically dissolving all boundaries so you can be all that is. Mm-hmm. You're not limited in any way. And the you that we're talking about is not the ego. Mm-hmm. Right? And so just that re- recalibration of um, who says, mm-hmm. right? why do I have to fit into, I mean, it, it just reinforces the notion that 
I of of me, which isn't what your authenticity is. So no, uh, I'm I'm not gonna. I mean, it, and that you'll work with it however you work with it, right? So here's here's the here's the voices I'm hearing. Here's the belief. Here's where I need to put my attention in on in not not to be taken over by that belief system that wants to keep you small and identified with it. Right. Yeah. Always lots of interesting stuff to work with. Always lots of interesting stuff to work with. Thank you. Jen. Uh, it came back. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and it was on that conversation about, you know, what love is, or, you know, that. And what was, what struck me in the conversation was, uh, by the definition that was being described, is that it sort of, ex- <laughs> I don't know, explain it, it seemed like the right word, but it's coming up, that why, when things are so tough, we're willing to work through that. Uh-huh. Um, that... I mean, I've just been looking at for myself where in, uh, in a relationship, if I don't understand, the, you know, the communication's not going well or, um, or it's a project I'm working on and there's frustration here, just the devotion, as practice develops, the devotion to seeing what that is yeah. and it's the getting to know. I just yes. haven't looked at it that way. Yeah. It's that getting to know, but it's... I just saw it as out of love. Yes. Um, and and that just, it just opened things up. Yes. Um, and seeing it that way. I mean, I think I've seen it that way somewhat before, but not as broad. Yeah. It's the very, it's a, so, and it is a, a practice orientation, right? Because mm-hmm. we train ourselves in it. That what we're always looking for is to pay attention to what's going on. And so that to pay attention to what's going on, it implies knowing what's going. I mean, that 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 not in the knowledge sense of the word, but paying attention to, bringing awareness to. And so there's the curiosity of something is someone's frustrated here. So instead of what judgment would do, which says you're an awful human being for being frustrated, or this needs to go a different way, there's the curiosity to go, what's going on? What's going on here? Yeah. Right? That is a very loving question. Love wants to know. Yeah. And so then there is the ability to work with and to find out and and then resolve in some way what it is. And what dissolves is because it's held in the light of love. Yeah. It's not dismissed. It's not negated. It's not judged. There's an invitation of exploring this. Mm-hmm. And that is a very loving process. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just so fascinating to me that the last uh, focus was, you know, for me, was the focus on being a conduit of love. But I hadn't seen it. I just hadn't seen the broad. So that now it <laughs> it's everywhere. Yes. Because there is that curiosity that is, and it and it's and it's so wonderful to see it from that place, yeah. coming from that place. Yes. That to associate the curiosity to love. Yeah, yeah, and uh, because I mean, partly because, and it allows me to see this as well. I I now see more clearly how conditioning comes in for that, for me to be blind to that. Yes, yeah, in all the different ways that it. Yes, yes, it doesn't. That 
it, it doesn't recognize love. It's an absence of love. So there's no, there's no, it's, it's not a surprise that an act of love is never seen as, well, it's never been acknowledged. Right, right. Yeah, and, but just that, um, I guess the habit, the tendency to see it through that. Yes. That view. And now there's this, you know, this veil, this window, whatever, that's been opened to, oh, okay, we can, uh, yeah, it's a new view. Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful when the reframe happens. It's so helpful. Yeah, because it's it's the definition of ignorance, right? There's only one way of looking at it, and so when there is a when when life reveals the other perspective, that's the only way we become aware of the perspective that I've been looking through, which is limited. And now here's the perspective I can look through, which I haven't seen before. And that just opens up the whole world. Yeah. And again, I just, I just want to say, it, it, it also gives, um, it makes me feel more devoted to uh, seeing when things are really tough, what the dynamic is there. Yeah. Because that, I can see right now, is the, um, well, through the email class too, the crux of where the choice can be in that view. The view of taking... Um, the condition perspective of what's going on or the devotion to really understand yeah. what, what it is. Right. Yeah. So another way of saying that is when, you're t- when you tune into a place that feels tough, it becomes the clue mm. to bring love into it. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Because what would happen from the conditioned perspective is to take a position or to defend or to push away, to separate. But that's why we bring that curiosity of looking at it because that is really love. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Carolyn, um, what's coming up is the firm kindness and kind firmness. Uh-huh. And that that we're required that that the almost warrior like stance of I will not indulge this this or this will not be indulged this um, this conversation I will not be a part of this and that that's that that willingness that constant devotion that 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 turning the attention again and again and again. And that, 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 that commitment, that, that everything gets redefined. And that, that humility of being able to, I don't know. And I, I want to see. Yeah. And it's just, I just see it, I was, it was so mirrored in everything that was seen today. You know, that, that willingness, that devotion, that, that openness to, and, and for, for me, it's been such a gift because my security has always been in knowing. And to be able to release that, and to to live in I don't know, mm-hmm. and 
and to, to, to experience how loving that is. Yeah. Because that... Yeah. So much in that, Carolyn, so the, the security of knowledge is what you're looking at releasing into I don't know. And that often gets translated into um, not knowing. But the knowing that you're pointing to is a very different knowing when we get to I don't know. And it is exactly that uh, sense of participating, the sense of discovery that arises when I let go knowing as a mode of security to knowing as a mode of love. Yes. Because the that's the expansion of the container. That is the expansion of the container. And there, there is a mechanism that you describe of doing that, which is that very, um, all five of the practices we say come to mind, right? Loving kindness. I, I'm going to be firmly loving or lovingly firm. Yes. For the practice of pure attention, which is not to indulge. And the willingness is the devotion. And the, the mechanism is inquiry. I don't know. I'm going to find out, right? Which results in the faith of letting go, faith of knowing that I'm completely fine without holding on to that knowledge. Yes. Which is that description of the ever-expanding faith. It's be every yes, yes, everything's expanded. My experience of not indulging the conversation gives me a sense of well-being that's not conditional on knowledge. And that increases my willingness to keep letting go. <laughs> yes. Lovingly. Yes. Because they're in in the beauty of that, the, the completeness of it. And I don't have the words, you know, to describe it. It's in that, that it, there's complete support. There is nothing lacking. There is nothing it's, it, it is all there. Yes. And, and we get what I think you're pointing to is the experience of wholeness, mm. of nothing missing. Mm. Because that's what presence is. Mm. Nothing is missing. Mm-hmm. It's all there. Yes. Right? Yeah. And when we're not, not here is when we're aware of absence. Mm. And so when we have that experience of totality, there's no reason why we want anything else. It's, uh, I was looking at this, you know, I think the quote on the focus was, our nature is inherent, uh, our inherent nature is happiness. Mm-hmm. And that every, every thought that arises is a desire for happiness because happiness, because there's a way in which until we're completely in that total experience, we won't give up thinking about being happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. One of my favorite quotes is, um, it's a good idea in the pursuit of happiness to stop every once in a while and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was pointing in a, in a kind of a, you know, a, a smart aleck way. But it, that's what it's pointing at. Yeah. 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 So, thank, thank you. you.
think we're okay. We got it. Two minutes, Michael. Okay. Which is great because um, somebody says I don't have anything to say, and um, I do. It's in terms of um, conditioning sees participation in a certain. It's defined a certain way, which yeah. is talking out loud, and uh, just saying the richness of um, the listening, mm-hmm. the participation in the listening, and following the process and being here and being here and. Um, and, um, you know, listening to each conversation and seeing what I follow and then seeing how the mind wanders off to something else and then coming back. And the um, whole thing's fascinating. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're living in a non-separate world, you did talk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That if we're living in a non-separate world, you talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yes right? Yes, yes. That, that, that is the glory of being part of. Yes. Right. That we don't we don't identify ourselves as separate and Self, individual. Yeah. We we identify with everything as what we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's glorious. Yeah, that's good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, everybody.